This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 1,000 goals under Pep Guardiola for Manchester City. 51 of those scored by the inevitable Erling Haaland, who now stands alone as the all-time Premier League top scorer in a single season with 35 and counting. On the 25th anniversary of City's relegation to the third tier of English football, the Norwegian's cheeky chip helped extend City's unbeaten run to 19 games, including nine straight league victories. With five games to play, City's 3-0 win against the dogged West Ham maintains the treble-chasing Blues' one-point lead over Arsenal at the top of the table. City Report pod does countdown. It's Thursday, May 4th. I'm John Ashley. I'm Andrew Detmer. And you're listening to the City Report Podcast. Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6. It's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. This episode of the City Report podcast is sponsored by Discount Dragon. Just like Johnny Stones, we know that bargains get the Blues excited and you can find all of the best brands at better value over on Discount Dragon. If you're a new customer, you'll even be able to grab yourself an extra £5 off any order that you place. So get over to Discount Dragon as quick as you can. UK only, terms and conditions apply. Welcome along to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content and opinion. Don't forget to subscribe, like and follow us. And if you're feeling generous, write us a review. Andrew, I uh, realised after the fact that I should have written a Star Wars joke into my intro today, but I I didn't want to force it. How are things? I'm just going to let that sit in silence just so that the listeners understand that I caught it, and if they didn't catch it, they should feel bad about not catching it. But, you know. um, 
just hit that back 10 seconds button. Yeah. It, I, John, you, you never cease to amaze, but, uh, you know, may the fourth be with you as well. Um, what a, what a match that we got to see, huh? I mean, was it what a match? No, uh, it, it, it was, like... it was not. It was, <laughs> it, it is the quintessential final stretch of games. Players are gassed. One team absolutely needs something. The other team kind of needs something, but also knows that they're not necessarily likely to get it. So they're just going to try to limit damage. Yeah, West Ham going into this game in this very, very strange position of at the the fringe, on the fringe of a relegation battle, but at the same time on the cusp of European glory. Like, who are they, Wigan? Very. Uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't happen very often, um, but you know, definitely a squad management job from from David Moyes tonight. And credit to West Ham, you know, they they, they pressed really really well. They they were compact. They they knew what City were going to try and do, and they they did their best to try and stop City. But in the end, they didn't manage it. Um, although they already had us in the first half, I feel like. And I know that you're an eternal optimist, but how were you feeling during the first half and at halftime? So for me, the first half felt, there There was a moment and it was probably from like the 13th to the 15th or 16th. It was like a, only a couple minutes spell where they got some possession around our box. And I started to feel a little antsy. I was like, is this going to be the moment where they get their freak goal and then we have to figure it out? Uh, that didn't happen, and after that point, I wasn't too worried they were going to score at any really point in the match. And we were creating chances. It's just that they were, you know, you have the Rodri chance that somehow defies the laws of physics and doesn't go in. Um, you have multiple other moments where it was like this close to coming off. And so my only concern was, was it just going to be a draw? So the moment that Ake's header goes in in the second half, I, all the worries are gone, and I, you know, was correct in my prediction of three nil. Um, I unfortunately That's was right. not correct of who the goal scorer was, so uh, my my bet did not come off. Just ever so, ever so sl- short of that one, but yeah, I mean, it, it it felt just one of those matches where if we got a goal, we were going to be fine. It was a question of could we get the goal against a five, six, seven man back line without Kevin De Bruyne on the pitch yeah it was definitely a a non kevin de bruyne performance in terms of the way that we were trying to build up there were not a whole lot of balls until it got stretched after yep. the rk goal there were not a whole lot of balls in behind because west ham sat so deep so that really wasn't an option um there was a lot of the the kind of one two play that we saw when Kevin De Bruyne was really out of form, mm-hmm. kind of on the edge of the box. You know, that's how that Roger chance happened. Uh, there was a Grealish chance that that he, he chipped to the back post for Haaland uh, that, that happened as well. A lot of very intricate build-up, about 20 yards away from goal, uh, and didn't seem to be to be really getting us anywhere until that, that Rodri very clear-cut chance came. And, you know, when that, when that ball somehow... <laughs> spun around the other post having hit the right hand post it it definitely had the feeling of this is one of those days for me that you know you said you weren't worried about city city losing for me that had all the hallmarks of west ham going a goal up 
with 12 minutes to go and City chasing it down and conceding a second in the 92nd minute. Um, it felt like a Wolves game for, for all those times that, you know, the, those three years in a row when Wolves would just do that to us and uh, Traore would show up for his one game a year. But this City team is made of sterner stuff. Um, Nathan Ake coming back into the squad potentially sooner than anticipated. Um, I'm glad he played today. I imagine he might get a rest against Leeds on Saturday. Um, but the big surprise in the lineup was uh, Edison sitting on the bench and Ortega Moreno getting the start. Uh, I haven't seen anything that suggested why that happened other than Pep saying that it was that Edison needed a rest. Uh, sometimes there is a reason given after the game that's disciplinary but haven't seen anything like that. Have you? Nope. And frankly, I think it probably was just a combination or just, you know, he's played a lot of matches recently. The matches have come thick and fast. It's not the worst idea in the world to give him just a mental breather and also to make sure that Ortega is ready to go because Ortega hasn't played a lot. Um, no. And potentially, I mean, he's going to be starting in the FA Cup semifinal and if that's the case well he's got to be ready to go or sorry not semifinal the final yeah I think it was an interesting move and I I do think in some ways it shows that Pep isn't taking anything for granted because you know Peter Drury said on on the NBC American coverage today that City City could win the league as soon as next Sunday which is ridiculous uh, but, but if, if you know if City do win the league um, and they do have a couple of games to spare, you would expect those games, at least one of those games. Say if it was Brighton or Brentford, uh, if City have mathematically won at that point, then then Ortega would get another game before the cup final. At the same time, if if those get if it's still going down to the wire, Edison's going to play in those games. You would you would think. With, 99.9% certainty. Um, but he did well today, I thought, Ortega. Absolutely no complaints from me. Made a great save at his near post from Jared Bowen early on. Did you see anything that concerned you or uh, gave you the impression that he might usurp Ederson at this point in the season? Uh, he's definitely not usurping uh, Ederson. He is a perfectly adequate, and I, I would say perfectly adequate is doing him a service. He is a... Uh, far above replacement level second string keeper. Um, he's probably mm-hmm. too good to be a second string keeper, but it seems like he probably wants to spend a couple of seasons collecting some trophies because he hasn't really won much in his career, uh, which I completely yeah. get. And then this time we'll make him a better keeper and then he can go off and make money and be a starter somewhere else in a couple of years, which perfectly happy with me, but he, he doesn't give us the distribution, um, or just kind of the threat that Ederson does. And, you know, the, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, he's miles off in any part of Ederson's game, but just the overall package. He's just, he is the clear number two. Um, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's well put. Just to return to that that first half and the, the three minutes in the second half before Nathan Ake got his goal. If you were Pep, what would you have been saying at halftime? Would you have been contemplating making a halftime change. It, it felt very attritional that there were players on the bench, your Gundawans, your Fodens, who could potentially do something in the spaces, the little spaces that we had that 
we weren't seeing, you know, Alvarez didn't have the best of games. Uh, Haaland was always going to stay on the pitch. Would you have made any changes? I wouldn't have because I didn't think we were playing badly and it really just felt like we were waiting for that moment um, that something was going to happen and we'll, you know, turn to the goal that comes from Ake a little bit later. But to me, it felt like once we got a a solid chance, I think it was going to happen eventually. And I think with the amount of matches that we have coming, it just doesn't make sense to have players get up to game speed and fatigue themselves that way just for a short period of time. If you think that they're playing well enough and I think city were playing well enough and we, you know, are a former podcasting compadre of ours, Kevin Nelson and I batted around this theory during the the struggle ball season about why Pep wasn't making substitutions. And I still have never been able to find any data or information on what the, to back up this theory. But if there is a difference between, if there's a real difference between playing a full match or playing like 30 minutes at full Premier League speed, like how does that affect your stamina? Because they are exerting massive amounts of energy. And perhaps that if it's the case that you can, if you spend more than 10 minutes, it actually does have a similar-ish effect. Then at that point, it doesn't make sense to make subs if you don't think that you need them performance-wise. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I, I was concerned that we just did not have enough control in those areas around the box. You know, Rodri was was probably the guy who had the most control in, in those areas for us today in in the first half at least. And that, that was concerning because it, it meant the likes of John Stones and, and Julian Alvarez who are fantastic, fantastic players but are not necessarily suited to that kind of intricate right. passing uh, kind of one-twos on the edge of the area that we, that we saw them attempt a lot. And, you know, John Stones played played a lot of the game in the as a number eight, which was hilarious, but also interesting. Yeah, he's not he's not your ideal chief creator. He's not like no, that. I, well, I love John Stones, and I love that he does have the ability to play in the position of a number eight and actually do it decently well enough that you're not like losing your mind of why is John Stones up there, but against a back six to seven, which is what we were facing against West Ham. John Stones is not your close control player that you're expecting to unlock the low block. That's fair. That's fair. Let's turn to the first goal then. Uh, not your really typical City goal. It, it felt like, I, you know, we, we tend to squander corners a lot and, and set pieces have not been... Our forte, I would say, they they tend to be West Ham's forte. They're very very good at offensive set pieces, but it was City who opened the scoring with a fantastic ball to the back post from uh, Riyad Mahrez. Uh, Nathan Ake sneaking in behind Rodri, who was occupying Ogbonna, who was brilliant, I thought, for yeah. West Ham today. Uh, it kind of replacing Zuma, who I think is out for the rest of the season. But Nathan Ake just how how surprised have you been by the amount of influence that he's had on this season? I have not been that surprised because 
one of the things that I was excited by when City signed him were the reports related to Nathan Ake's work ethic and leadership and overall mental attributes. Mm-hmm. And for me, what that showed is if you put him in a position to succeed, he will succeed, particularly because he probably actually is our most athletic center back that we have um, just all around, because I think he just has a, a an ability to play in space that I don't think stones or Diash necessarily do. They have different ability. I mean, Diash is far more physical, I would say than um, Ake in terms of his defending ability. Stones, I think, is maybe comparable to Ake, but to me, Ake is a very good offensive center back um, because he just, to me, when he goes up to win a ball, he's mm. always going to win it. It's why I love seeing him out on kind of that left center back, left back role because nothing's getting by him. Um, and so this, I think, that position that we put him in there, that is exactly a example of how to use his skill set well because he just knew what to do and he was there and he trusted that Mares would put the ball in the right spot. It's interesting and I as I as you were talking, I was remembering that Arke had a comparable chance from a corner in the first half, which I think hit his shoulder and, and kind of spooned over the bar for a goal kick. And I I seem to remember that that seems to be kind of a characteristic at least of one or maybe even two of the goals that he's scored already this season or previously for City where he has one mm-hmm. chance early on in the first half and it's like oh that was you know anyone else but Nathan Arke and you know you think oh that's going to go in but then it's kind of an omen for the second half when he's like all right I messed that one up but now yeah. I'm going to put this one away and I, maybe I'm maybe I'm imagining that but I, I'm sure that that's happened. I, I, yeah, I think you're right because I'm remembering too. Yeah, no, he's just he's it's he's got a rangefinder. He's got to like get the mm-hmm. the calibration Calibrate. right. The other thing about the yeah. first goal that I think is important and we should not overlook is it comes because Jack Relish wins a foul in a dangerous position, which to me was one of the best reasons to sign Jack Relish is that teams have to foul him, and mm-hmm. City have several good free kick specialists that you can take advantage of that. But I don't know that we've always seen Jack in positions to take advantage of that, but it seems that over the last three months, we have seen Jack's influence in this team grow and Pep's level of trust in him also grow, which has meant that he has found himself in the center of the pitch more often, which positions him in a better spot to win even more dangerous free kicks than if he's cutting in solely from the left wing. Absolutely, and we saw that with the second goal, which we will turn to after the break. It's fair to say City love themselves a bargain, and there's been no better than Julian Alvarez in recent years. £50 million, what a steal. But if you fancy grabbing yourself an Alvarez-style bargain, then head over to Discount Dragon. With an array of food and drink products to choose from, you, the listener, can shop for the best high street bargains straight from the comfort of your own home. Discount Dragon is the place to find all of the best brands at better value, and new customers can even get an extra £5 off all orders. UK only, terms and conditions apply. 
Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for all your Manchester City daily content. Don't forget, like, subscribe, follow us, leave us a review if you're feeling especially generous. So, Andrew, we're still talking West Ham uh, and City. City winning 3-0 on the day yesterday. Second goal it is a huge goal uh, in terms of Premier League history. It's it's Erling Haaland breaking the Premier League season record for goals scored. 35 goals in 33 games. Um, I mean, it's, 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 what, what more can you say about this guy other than I don't think we've seen that kind of finish from him in a City shirt yet? Yeah, I mean, that that's probably... He's tried it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is definitely uh, hard to continually find new ways to describe what he has done. Doesn't mean I enjoy it any less, but it definitely is a weird thing to have to think through. What I would say is that Erling Holland has exceeded the wildest expectations that anyone could have had for him. And that's an incredible, incredible accomplishment for a player of his age. And the Mm -hmm. even more exciting thing is that this is just the beginning and you can see on his face and the face of the teammates and the way Pep talks about him. They all love this kid. He puts in the effort. He doesn't have an ego. He's all about the team. We saw in the Arsenal match, Luke, he is learning how to be a selfless playmaker on top of a deadly marksman. Um, he is just probably at this point we can officially say he's no longer, uh, you know, even just a uh, Jedi Knight, but a Jedi Master, and he is, you know, fully ascended, and he's gonna just continue to tear this league apart, which is hilariously fun for all of us as City fans. Okay, that's your Obi Wan Star Wars joke for today. So, in terms of that second goal, though, you know, the the little chip over. Uh, Fabianski, who I think gets a hand on it. Every time I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I think he got something on it. It looked like he got something Um, on it. um, Perfectly timed through ball from from Jack. The number of goals that City have scored this season where I'm like, that's offside, and (laughs) then it's clearly clearly onside. I'm like, I don't know how City... They they seem to do it more than a lot of other teams, which which may be a big factor in, in City's success. They, they play the ball at such a time where it looks like they're offside and it looks like the chance is almost gone when when the, 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 the ball was like, it's there like three seconds ago. Uh, but fantastic ball from, from Grealish on to, right into the path of, of Haaland's run. And yeah, as you say, there are, we're running out of words to describe this guy. But I mean, I just love his, his attitude through it all as well. I think... It is very, very difficult for other uh, other teams or fans of other teams to dislike him as well because he's just like he he's not arrogant about it. He's 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 kind of the the anti Zlatan in some in some respects, uh, and he just loves playing. I mean, Zlatan I'm sure loves playing football as well, but you just see the amount of joy that he takes in in, in playing in this shirt and. Yeah, still pinching myself. You know, we said in the intro, 25 years ago today, or 12, 25 years ago uh, yesterday, in fact, 
City were relegated to what was then Division Two, the third tier of English football. And yesterday, you've got twenty-five years later, a Norwegian striker who's the son of a former captain of City breaking the Premier League scoring record. Like, genuinely thought I would never, yeah, even come close to seeing anything like that. And back twenty-five years ago, I don't know if you saw the uh, little guard of honor that he got from the rest of the squad. Um, I did, yeah, I did see that. And it, it's just, like you said, he doesn't have an ego and the way he, you know, he was getting, you know, razzed on by Bernardo and Foden and all that. Like, he just, he's one of the guys. He's not, he doesn't view himself as some superstar who is mm-hmm. better than everyone, which you could point to a lot of the players that he's kind of taking the the mantle from in terms yeah. of this level of ability, talent, and recognition across the world as one of the best players. He just doesn't have that, and it, that's really cool to see. And it it makes it a lot more enjoyable as a city fan to watch it happen. You know, I'm sure if uh, a player like, and you know, we don't need anybody, anyone, but there is another player who scored a lot of goals, who I consider to be one of the most unlikable people to have ever uh, walked this planet. Um, if we had a player who acted like him and scored a lot of goals, and we won a lot, I would probably still be okay with him being on the team, but I would not be rooting for him to succeed the way I root for Erling to personally succeed. Well, well put, well put. Uh, Phil Foden continuing his recovery uh, with a, kind of that area. He's, he's scored quite a few goals from that area now. Quite a few of them seem to be deflected, but if it works, don't don't fault it. Uh, from, from a corner, the ball comes out and he just volleys it home with it, a helpful deflection uh, off Emerson um, and past Fabianski, who had no chance. Uh, routine 3-0 win in the end, which, you know, with with six it, with six five games to go left in the season, that's, that's what you're looking for. Um, just to flag one concern, though, I think, towards the end, Rodri was looking really, really leggy and he has been looking tired you know, in recent games, I uh, did a bit of maths before we, we, we hopped on here. And I think he's already played the equivalent of 50 nineties this season. I think that, that today kind of took him over that, that threshold, um, which as it, since like, what was that? Like July 31st last year, um, yeah. which is a lot, a lot of football. Um, yeah, that's yeah. That, is that a concern for you? Uh, it, so it's a concern in the sense that that he's clearly in a zone where he he just cannot start the Leeds match um, because we need him at his full best going away to Real Madrid. Like that that match has to be the priority there when it as far as it comes to him. Obviously, as a squad and as a team, Leeds matters because we can't mm-hmm. that match. But I think that City can make a fairly valid rotational assumption that a Leeds team coached by Sam Allardyce is not necessarily the match that you need Rodri's skill set, that you can play a couple other players in that position and it will be okay because they're going to look to hit you on the counter more so than try to control the midfield or press you. Not to say that we don't have anything to worry about with Leeds, but I think that if you had asked me which of the two matches I would have wanted, even knowing that Sam Allardyce was going to come in and claim that uh, 
Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, and Mikel Arteta are not better at football than him. No one is better at football than him. I still would have said you play Rodri against West Ham, who have more threats um, and ability to hurt you in ways Rodri can kind of mitigate compared to Leeds, who the form and the mentality of that squad is just they're they're in a different spot than West Ham. Yeah, and we'll definitely preview that in more detail later this week, along with uh, more detail on the reports today that Jude Bellingham has chosen Real Madrid as his next destination after Borussia Dortmund at the end of this season. Um, I, I think Amos has, has a lot of plans for that uh, in tomorrow's Oh, pod. no, we don't get Jude. Oh, no, I'm so sad. Oh, no. Well, uh, or you could just listen to Andrew <laughs> monotone for a few seconds. Uh, but no, listen to that podcast. I'm sure it'll be better than what you just heard. So all in all, very routine, very satisfactory victory, especially given uh, the first half. Erling Haaland is the record goal scorer in Premier League history. How many do you think he'll get in the, in, in the league overall? How many do we have left now? Five matches? Five games left. So five games left. He's at thirty-five. Ooh. I feel like forty is is just a nice round number that he'll that he'd want. Whether he'll get there or not is another matter. I feel like the the cosmos are gonna just. He's gonna be stuck on thirty-nine. Mm. I, yeah, I I feel like fair. I feel like him not getting to forty this season is the one typical city thing that is gonna happen to Erling at this point. I tell you what, if that, if that's the only thing I'll take. Yeah, it, exactly. Mate. Right. I will absolutely do. <laughs> but it's funny um, you talk about a routine win though, because you look at the stats and if you didn't watch the game, you'd be like, Oh, West Ham got absolutely just shredded by city. And this, mm. and it just, you know, city seized on some pretty kind of heavy momentum swings and made the most of their chances. And I, I feel like, to West Ham's credit, the third goal is incredibly unlucky um, for them, but I think they also are probably pretty okay with only going down three goals. And you know, they're the the sixth team in a five-team relegation battle, as it seems to look like. And so they're probably on to the next match and also focused on their European Conference uh, final opportunities. And I wish them nothing but the best in that charge. Absolutely. I, I don't think calling it a, a, a five-team relegation battle is fair. I would definitely include Chelsea in that based on form. So I think mathematically yeah. it's a little difficult for them to get sucked in. But you know what? With Frank Lampard in charge, anything except winning is possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, uh I think I'll do is for today. Uh, thanks for joining me, Andrew. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, until tomorrow, we'll see you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, 
we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.